All right, a note to the New York Yankees. Keep the champagne and ice for a little while longer, boys. Hmm. The Blue Jays, 3-2 winners over the New York Yankees. The first of three games between these teams at the Rogers Center. Jeff Blair, Kevin Barker, it's Blue Jays talk. 416-870-0590, star 591 590 590, 590 is the text line. I want you to be honest with me about a couple of things. One, were you throwing stuff at the TV set when John Schneider intentionally walked Aaron Judge? I hope not. Two, did you jump up in excitement when Bo Bichette drove that ball to right field and Aaron Judge went back? Barker's shaking his head. Barker's seen so much baseball. Barker had this thing figured out. Um, Kevin, Vladdy Jr., walking it off we've spent the better part of 2022 talking about vladdy jr and you said today we've spent an awful lot of time sort of picking through the embers of a dude who's got 30 home runs 90 rbis and a ton of doubles but i think we also agreed that the idea that vladdy is the guy who is going to have to carry this team a great distance in the postseason is still out there. I'll ask you this. This is a dramatic win for the Blue Jays. They've had other walk-off wins. I get it. This is the Yankees at home. It's September 26th. Is this something that you think could maybe signal, maybe signal that Vladdy's ready to go off? Yeah, I don't know. He hasn't went off yet. I mean, again, he's got 30 home runs, 34 doubles, and 91 RBIs now. I, the, look, I, I know the at-bat in the 10th inning was a, a really good at-bat, the OO slider that he hung, and, and he hit it 117 miles an hour. But if you notice in the 5th inning, Jeff, he had a two-strike approach. You ever seen Vladimir Guerrero Jr. have a two-strike approach? He usually has that little fruition of his gather with two strikes against Luke Torino. He had stride separation, trying to get the foot down. You want to know why, Jeff? The last seven games, he's had nine punch-outs. I think he punched out four times in one game in Tampa. All of a sudden, the big boy hit in the three-hole because he got moved down because they'd rather have Bo having the extra bat than him because he's been struggling. What's he do? He's just trying to help his team. He, he added a two-strike approach in the fifth, fifth inning, which for me is a big deal. This late in the season, a guy that normally, if ever, I mean, I saw that in Buffalo one time and I laughed about it. They even said it on our show. What's that dude doing? It's Buffalo. You don't even have to hit it hard. Just get it in the air with a little backspin, and it's going to go where you want it to go. But that just tells you what this team is trying to do this late in the season against a really good team. It doesn't really matter. I mean, they, they keep saying stats doesn't matter. Well, it's sort of showing up a little when you're, three-hole hitter who's been used to be the two-hole hitter is now the three-hole hitter has a two-strike approach just for me i that i got me all excited i was jumping up and down i know everybody got was jumping up and down about the ninth and the tenth inning not me i was jumping up and down about the fifth inning because i saw the big boy with the two-strike approach for whatever reason that got me a little bit excited so I don't know if this is going to get him hot or not. I, you know, again, I think he still has front side pull. I think he leaks with his lower half. Uh, I think the league has made a serious adjustment by flipping the breaking ball a ton and fastball counts, and they like throwing the ball down. And for whatever reason, he thinks he can hit the ball down consistently as hard as he can hit the ball up. You notice the hanging mix and slider there in the 10th inning. That's his sweet spot, right? About thigh high, a little higher than that. That's when he can level out his swing. He doesn't have to change the, the where the barrel's going. His eyes doesn't have to direct the barrel to, to lower than, you know, where he can get the baseball in the air. So 
Yeah, I don't really know if I have an answer for that. I just know he's a really good hitter who they need to just consistently have good at-bats, compete. If he competes because he has tremendous talent, things will work out. What did you notice about the way they attacked Aaron Judge tonight? A single, a walk, an intentional walk, struck out looking, struck out swinging. What did you notice about the way they attacked him? It was. I yep. thought the first at bat was. I thought the first at bat was interesting because uh, uh, he did not. He, he did not see a splitter. He saw three four seam fastballs and a slider. Yeah. Second at bat, he saw six pitches. He saw five non competitive pitches. His third mm-hmm. at bat, what he saw, he saw a fastball and then four sliders in a row. That for mm-hmm. me is the Gosman adjustment against the Yankees. Is don't be slide, don't be split finger happy. Get after him with some sliders that give him a different look. You can tell early in the game, first three innings, he was throwing something that was ninety ninety one. I have no idea what that is. I I tried to go back and see if I could figure out what you know past games if if he had a velocity with his fastball in 90-91. Maybe he's trying to take a little off by changing grip, maybe putting a little bit more pressure on one of his fingers to make it have late movement. Give him a different look. I have no idea. But he did enough to get him through a game and give him a chance to win, and this is what you do. This is what championship teams do. They give the, they give their parts of the team a chance to win and come up big, and that's what happened. The uh, One of the real stories of this game, of course, is the bullpen, and Jeff in Montreal wants to talk about that. Go ahead, Jeff. I just wanted to say that uh, the Blue Jays' game is to have uh, uh, every pitcher, including Bass and, uh, and Mesa, pitch before Romano, and uh, it's a gratifying win because they were able to uh, you know, shut it down with Romano and then have guys come after and shut it down and wait for the eventual winner. And also, you know, all the focus has been put on uh, Aaron Judge, as we know. And um, so it's, it's nice, too, that the headline is that the Blue Jays win the game and Aaron Judge does not hit a homer against them tonight to uh, win the game. And uh, he almost saved them with that big catch. But then Vladdy came through, uh, as uh, we've all been uh, hoping uh, he would do in one of these big, huge clutch situations. So... That's all I wanted to say, and I love listening to you guys. Your expertise and knowledge and the way you um, break it down is uh, quite enthralling. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate that. That's Kevin's knowledge and ability to break it down. Take full credit, Jeff. Take full credit. No, I'm like a traffic cop. You do a tremendous job. I'm too old to take credit for anything. I just get (laughs) blamed. When you're my age, you get blamed. You don't get credit. Trust me. Uh, The use of the bullpen, though. I, I love bringing Romano in in that situation. I love the way it played out for for uh, for John Schneider. I guess I guess we can sort of stop wondering about Anthony Bass and whether there was something wrong with him or whether you know whatever was going on a couple of a couple of days ago. But uh, Kevin, the decision to bring to bring Romano in when he did, um, we've talked about John Schneider and Pete Walker and Matt Bushman and this whole idea of pockets and and how you want your best against the Yankees, against the Yankees' best. And I'll tell you, I thought when the, when the Jays, like I think when, when the Jays got out of the uh, inning with Torres striking out after Rizzo was hit by a pitch, I thought that really set things up for him. Yeah, I think so too. Well, again, it's he, he came in against four, five, six. That's Donaldson, Stanton, and Cabrera, switch hitter, and two right-handers. Look, I, I don't think with Romano it it's really about – 
you know, who's coming up. And, and I think it has to do with what part of the game it is and how John Snyder's trying to give the lineup a chance to, to score some runs. That's what it was, right? You, it's a tight game in the top of the ninth inning. That's, that's sort of when at, the, at home you bring in your closer. You try and end it right there. Uh, they had an they had some opportunities to do that and it just didn't work out. You just for me, it's just whenever it seems like John Snyder speaks, they just are buying it. That doesn't really matter. Like uh, okay, you know, you walk this guy, we'll, we'll try and have an opportunity to score runs, and they just seem to buy into everything he's selling. Uh, if you're in- interested, by the way, because you spent so much time talking about Jordan Romano abusing the slider that at bat with Josh Donaldson four fastballs including a 99.6-mile-an-hour fastball from Jordan Romano. Yeah, Josh Donaldson's old. You know what you do to old people, Jeff? You throw them fastballs. That's that's sort of what you do. I mean, I know Listen, offense I'm an to expert Josh in what Donaldson. you do to old people. <laughs> no, no offense to Josh Donaldson. That's what you do. You know, you you, you you throw breaking balls to dudes that are young because they can hit velocity. You, you throw fastballs to old dudes because they don't like the heater. I mean, that's basically what you do, and then – that's sort of what he did. He loves his slider. I mean, let's not lie about it. He loves it. He'll throw it as many times as he has to throw it. If he gets three up, three down, three punches, Chef, I don't, I don't care how many times he throws his slider. Throw it as many times as you want. Paul in Toronto, you just left the game. I want to ask your impression, first of all. I know you've got an opinion on Judge being walked, but you were in the stands. Tell me about the mood tonight. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, the, the, the mood in the outfield was – so we were the, I don't know if you saw the sign with uh, Judge Hit, uh, aim here, in yep. the first row of the yep. second deck. That was, that was us behind it. Nice. Um, we, were, we were more after about being in the atmosphere than getting the ball. Um, but the walk and, of course, if the, you get the, the ball, time, you're going to return it. If you get the ball, you're going to return it, right? Right away. Nothing, no quit, I, not even an autograph. You'll do it out of the kindness of your heart. <laughs> I, I would I would like a handshake, but he can keep the autograph. He'll keep and he'll, and he can keep the ball, no problems. Eh, but, I call BS on that. Anyhow, go uh, ahead. What walking him in the tent? Yes or no? Hell absolutely. yeah! Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. That dude's got sixty big ones. <laughs> absolutely, no question. What would you have done? Did you have a problem with it? I I don't know. That's the. That's a hard situation. I wasn't on the mound for that, but I probably would have walked them also. Um, now, do you think Meza wanted to walk them, though? Because he spiked that ball into the ground, it looked like going back in, because they got the authenticated ball, so it looks like he spiked it into the ground as, like, not quite happy with the call for intentionally oh, walking them. Does, does the pitcher, would you rather be the pitcher that gives up the home run or the guy that walked them? Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't. Thanks, thanks for the call. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine. Tim, Mazes. I'd like to be the guy that got the win. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'd exactly. Like. I can't imagine Tim Mazes worked up one way or another. There, look, if we're not surprised by it, I guarantee you that it was talked about in the bullpen coming in. And um, I, you know, I think, yeah, it, I, it's just a no-brainer. It's just a no-brainer. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I, I understand that, you know, you move the winning run closer. But, I mean, the running, if the winning run's already at second base. I just – when I when, when it's extra innings and I am at home, I think you play the game a little differently. I think you play the game a little differently, and, and I had no problem with that. As I said, I would have been surprised. I would have been surprised if he let him face him. Coming, coming into a series, what do you do all the time? You don't let their best hitter beat you. That's what He's we talk about. He's their best hitter. He's That's their best hitter. That's what we talk about. 
Steven Toronto, you just left the game too. Yeah, I had a great time, great atmosphere. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Good, 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 good. I want you guys to comment on George Springer's night tonight, especially his last at bat. Kevin, I'll let what? you go at that. Yeah, it's not competitive. I mean, that's the first time in a long time that I've, I've said that about George Springer because I, I'll be the first guy to raise my hand that says it with a, in a big spot with a runner on second base, guess who I mm. want up at the plate? That's George Springer. But, look, the, when you're facing Clark Schmidt, I think that's who he was facing. Yeah. I, he'd never faced him before, the slider away. You could tell he was trying to move the runner, which is something that I never want one of my better hitters to do. Nope. Think about hitting the baseball hard. Stay in the big part of the field. Don't try and move a runner. You could tell even with the slider that he punched out at, that he chased, was seven feet off the plate. He was still thinking about – you saw him make that little motion, like hit the ball to right field at least. That's – Sort of not what I want my my one of my better hitters to try and do. Again, this is what happens when when you're on a good team and one of your big boys doesn't get it done. You know, Bobuchet came up and and almost ended it there. One of your other good hitters picks the guy up that doesn't get it done, and that's what happened tonight. That's what good teams do, right? It's sort of you're passing the baton if you're standing on the on deck circle, or you're standing you know in the dugout about to come up on the on deck circle, and you're watching your buddy have a non competitive bat. Okay, now we're gonna pick him up because normally we see him picking us up, and I think that's. Sort of the little play back and forth with this team right now is they, they think they can beat anybody. We uh, haven't touched on Kevin Gossman's night, but clearly we have to six in the third inning, two runs, seven strikeouts, one walk. Um, and and really, you know, after that, that, that first inning, the single, and then the double, I, and then the sacrifice fly, I'm kind of, it's not that I'm settling in for a long night and then kind of Falafa hits a home run. I'm not settling in for a long night, but... I, I at that point I am kind of you're just you're kind of wondering a little bit you're kind of wondering a little bit whether the wheels might come off that double play uh, seemed to put a little bit of a spring in his step and then it was pretty much smooth sailing from there for uh, for him big I thought the two Kevin Gossin's two biggest doubts were strike, striking out Donaldson and Stanton with uh, Rizzo in second that to me was. You, you do that, you you got biggest shot. two outs of the game probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I still I still don't understand the velocity early in the game, right? I, I understand you're saving a little bit for when you need it because in the fourth inning you saw 95, 96, and the seventh inning on you saw some more 96, 97s, which you could tell maybe he was saving it. I still don't know what the 90, 91s are because on the season he's averaging about 95 miles an hour. So you think you'd be sitting at that? I, I just think I, the strike ones were okay, 18 out of 25. That's all right. Uh, he gave up five hits and two strikes. That's the putting away guys he had a little trouble right he gave up what three of those hits were o2 pitches like that's a split finger what what three split fingers and two fastballs it's that put away pitch it's late in the season you know you the trickery right now is probably not going to happen that's more location velocity and again i just get back to he did enough he did enough to give his team a chance to win a baseball game get a big hit and that's all you can ask they sort of been doing that all year especially those two big guys up front for the, in the rotation they're really good, and hopefully they can pitch for them in the playoffs. Blue Jays manager John Schneider was asked about the pitching and, of course, about the decision to intentionally walk Aaron Judge. Started with Gauze after falling down 2 nothing, and then really kind of kicking it into gear and, and, and going really good there to keep us right there. Um, tremendous job by the bullpen again. Simber, um, you know, Jimmy right back at it with some big strikeouts. And Jordy doing his thing in the ninth, and you know talking talking through that situation there um, with Judge coming up and knowing you got Mesa available with two outs uh, to face Rizzo, 
we like that. We like that we had the top of the order coming up for us, um, thinking we we're going to score at least one. So it was, um, you know, the biggest decision was whether to give the walk to Bass or Timmy. And, um, you know, it just was one more hitter for Timmy in case we needed to bring a righty in after that. That's an interesting comment, isn't it? The biggest decision was whether to give Mesa the walk or uh, or Bass. Yeah, walk. not really. For, for me, anyway, you've you got to figure. you got After Rizzo, you got three righties coming up. So he would only have to face one of those righties. That's the big deal right there. You're, you're walking one guy, so that's one batter. Now you got to face two more batters. That's sort of, I think, what John's talking about. It's... Uh, look, it's a gutsy move. Like, you got to have a lot of faith in everybody. <laughs> to everybody to do the thing. He was talking about the top of the order coming up, which is a big deal, starting that runner on second base. You like your chances with George and Bo and Vladdy coming up. But it takes, Jeff, you, you know, it takes something to to be able to, to to load the bases with, you know, Rizzo's nothing to sneeze at. he got 32 big ones, too. So, you know, you got to make some pitches and give Tim Mesa credit. Lefty's hitting 171 off of Mesa. That, that that's a big deal too. You look at that stat right there. I know Rizzo in his in his career is one for six with a big one. But again, you like Mesa doing his thing. The sinker, the power sinker, stop messing around with the sliders. He's not doing that the last couple of outings, so you like that. But again, this just gets back to that whole thing. Like everybody's pulling in the same direction. You gotta have faith in your manager. When he makes the call, everybody just sort of says, Well, he said it, must be gonna work. Let's go out and do it. Yeah, it's interesting. I had a discussion with Ross Atkins during the last homestand, we were talking about the bullpen, and he pointed to Tim Mesa coming back from that injury and kind of getting his feet under him again as being the thing that really helped stabilize the bullpen. And I think that's the case. If you go back and look, Tim Mesa really has has made a difference to uh, to this this particular group. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety five ninety five ninety is the text line. The Blue Jays. Three two winners over the New York Yankees in the first of three games tonight. The Jays' magic number to clinch a playoff spot down to three, pending the outcome of Baltimore and Boston. The Yankees, Champagne is put on ice at least for another day. Aaron Judge, his uh, home run celebration put on hold for another day as well. Tim and Hamilton, you want to sing the praises of John Schneider and... Uh, we're always here for that. Yeah, yeah, another big game from him, obviously. Um, but I was wondering if you guys think that maybe he was sort of the chosen one all along and that Charlie was hired with an expiration date. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you look at the way both Nick Nurse and Sheldon Keith came into their gigs, they were replacing old guard coaches who were guys that were there and they're preaching culture and habits. And they were, you know, dealing with rebuild teams. And then as soon as expectations get high enough, a period of mediocrity management just pulls the rug out from under them and sticks in a tactically minded, you know, young, exciting coach in sort of a situation where pressure's down because you don't have to answer any questions about why it's interim, but you know, you can kind of give them your blessing and see what they do. I mean, the only thing I, thanks for the call. The only thing I'd say about that is, um, you know, Charlie Montoya was Ross Atkins' hire. It's not as if he inherited. Uh, it's not as if he inherited Charlie Montoya. Do I think that the Jays realized that they had something in John Schneider? Absolutely. Would it surprise me if another team tried to hire John Schneider a year ago or two years ago? No. Matter of fact, 
my gut is that there was a time where John Schneider had a pretty serious offer from another team and uh, turned it down. So I'd like to think that when you hire a manager, you like to have somebody around that could possibly take over. But I don't, um, you know, then it gets back to why not hire John Schneider originally if you thought so much of him. Because it's not as if Charlie Montoya was a guy you had to hire. Right, it's not as if it was the obvious thing. It's not like Joe Torre was sitting out there. Or, bad example. Terry Francona was sitting out there saying, "Hire me, hire me, hire me, hire me." Mm-hmm. So I, that's kind of where I am in that. But um, yeah, look, he's he's got to be the guy. I mean, I, at 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 this point, he's got to be the guy. Well, you know me. I've been saying that he should have been the guy from the from the get go. I just think he's been around the main guys on this team to to get him all headed in the right direction. He knows how to win. Let's be honest. I mean, he's won a couple yeah. of championships in minor leagues with all the movement that goes on the minor leagues. It's not the easiest thing to do. For me, I just think Charlie lost the room. I mean, I I hate to say it any other way, but that's I think the way it is. If Charlie hadn't lost the room, he'd probably still be here. I mean, I that's at least the way it sounds. I mean, I'm not. We're not in the room all the time, but the people that I've talked to and everything that you hear sounds like that Charlie lost the room enough that they needed to make a change and make it in a hurry. And just so happens that John was standing right there and ready yeah. to go and and knew exactly what needed to be done and has been around I mean, these we, guys. I, I for me, I just think now they found it. Like they don't need to yeah. look anymore. They found it. And, and we really don't – I don't think we know in great detail the entire process behind Charlie being hired. We know that Brandon Hyde was interviewed as well. There are a number of – there are a number of, of managers interviewed. You know, a lot of the usual suspects were interviewed, the guys who have been interviewed for other jobs. But, uh, yeah, I, I – I mean, I would I would defer to you, Kevin, but, but I uh, – m- my sense is the organization thought really – highly of John and and I think that you saw it's kind of hard to explain but you sometimes you get a feeling based on how an organization presents the a coach to the media you kind of get the idea that he's the guy that they have their eyes on you kind of get the idea that he's the guy that they think highly of and it can be various it can be various things. It can be go interview this guy for that question, right? I mean, it can. You know, there are various signs. Sure. And the signs were there. I, I would honestly, I think the signs were there probably halfway through last year that John was probably yeah, going like, to be the guy. Uh, let's not lie. Was made. Let's not lie about it either. They weren't living up to expectations, and when you're no. not living up to expectations, if you're a GM, you're not going to fire yourself. Yeah, so no. you're gonna, you know, you're gonna fire the manager. You're gonna try and add a, you know, spark your team. I just think they brought in a mad scientist. I mean, everything he does just seems to be working out like this thing they did tonight. It's, I mean, it just it made total sense when he was doing it. it takes guts to do it, and you gotta be living like you got. You could see over there he was churning, hoping it would work out. When it worked out, he was happy he did it. 416-870-0590, star 590, 888-666-0590, is a text line. Vladdy walks it off. 3-2, the Blue Jays beat the New York Yankees. We'll be back with more Blue Jays talk on Sportsnet 590, the fan. Such a team effort tonight. Um, and I think for him coming through right there with two outs, um, huge for him. He's been grinding a little bit, and hopefully this kind of catapults him uh, down the stretch here. You know, I think teams are pitching him very specifically, and, you know, it's 
up to him to kind of either lay off or make an adjustment. And um, I think it was a slider, first pitch slider there from Schmidt, um, and got it in the right spot. And that's what he does on pitches in that in that part of the that part of the zone. John Schneider talking about Vladdy Jr. Vladdy walked it off tonight. Walked the New York Yankees off 3-2 in 10 innings. The Jays take the first of three games between themselves and the Yankees in this crucial September series. If you're interested, that was Vladdy's third walk-off hit of his career. All of them have come this season. He finished the night 2-5. for five. That's his 43rd multi-hit game of the year, which is not bad when you're having a subpar season. <laughs> Uh, congrats to Kevin Gossman, by the way. 200 strikeouts for the second time in his career. He reached that tonight. Joining Roger Clemens as the only Blue Jays pitcher to record at least 200 strikeouts their first season in Toronto. The Yankees saw their seven-game winning streak snap. Kevin, did we read anything into the fact that the Jays have beaten the Yankees five of their last six times? Absolutely. I'm not saying they got their number, but... You know, it's it's they can match up now with uh, their their bullpen. I I'm gonna say that right now. If you have a good pitching, Jeff gives you a chance. That's right now what the Blue Jays are doing. I've said this: pitching, pitching, and more pitching. Allow them to have a big inning. That's exactly what they did. And now the Bet Three Six Five standings update with Bet Three Six Five. You can watch thousands of live games, build your own bet, and you can even make a bet while the game's still being played. Nineteen plus. Play responsibly. Ontario only. A quiet night. In Major League Baseball, certainly quiet insofar as the American League wildcard race is concerned. But the Baltimore Orioles, in a game that has been uh, delayed by rain, they are leading the Boston Red Sox 11-5 in the bottom of the sixth inning. So if that holds, the Blue Jays' magic number to clinch a postseason spot will remain at three. The Rays, the Mariners, they all had the night off. Thus the standings. The New York Yankees are 94 and 59. They're seven and a half up on the Jays. Tampa Bay, of course, is uh, two and a half behind the Jays. Baltimore is seven games back of Toronto. And if you're looking at the wild card standings right now, the Jays have a three game lead uh, atop the wild card race. Tampa Bay is two and a half back of them. As we mentioned, Seattle not playing tonight. They're three back. The Jays have 67 losses. Tampa Bay and Seattle are two behind the Jays in the loss column as the second game of the series goes tomorrow night. Jose Barrios on the mound for the Toronto Blue Jays. Jamison Tyone for the New York Yankees. Brian in Nova Scotia, you've been very patient, my friend. Welcome to Blue Jays Talk. Thank you very much and good evening, guys. Um, Just my question is about uh, stripling. Uh, Do you think I think he's a free agent this year, and mm. if so, do you think uh, he'll be back with the Jays? And what would it take to uh, bring him back? Would 12 to 15 do it, or can the Jays afford that? Or would he get 15 to 20, uh, you know, on the free agent market? I mean, they they can afford to bring Ross Stripling back. The qualifying offer, what's a qualifying offer? Is it like $19 million or something I like that? I think so, yeah. Uh, look, if you're going to bring Ross Stripling back, if you're the Blue Jays, I think you'd probably want a two-year contract, maybe around $15 million a year. Um, yeah, I think you'd want more than that. I think you're looking I, at Yusei Kikuchi money. That's that's be my guess. Probably. The, the 15 and, and, to 20 a year, that's stiff. I mean, but tw- I'm 12, sorry, yes. somewhere around 12. Over, right in that yeah, range. a multi-year, multi-year contract yeah. someplace in the neighborhood. You're right. 
of what Kikuchi makes. I, listen, I don't think the Jays would do it. I think if I, if they were going to get Ross Stripling signed, it would have been signed by now. I think so, um, too. Because they've certainly – I mean, they had ample opportunity to get it done. And if I'm Ross Stripling, this is my this is my my big chance. You know, it's my my big chance to to hit it rich. I'm somebody not will be give it to him. A, yeah, I'm you know I've enough of being on a one year contract and going to the bullpen and being asked to do this and become a starter. And I'm not I'm not saying that to denigrate him. I'm just simply saying if I'm Ross Stripling, this is this is my chance here. And if I'm the Jays, yeah, I, I mean I hope they've had some discussions with him, but. Man, my sense is when this organization wants to get a guy re-signed, they get him re-signed, That's and they kind of don't, you know, they don't mess around with it. And the fact that uh, the fact that that uh, Ross Stripling hasn't been re-signed yet makes me think that uh, he's probably not going to be back. Um, hey, Aaron Boone, it wasn't just John Schneider. It wasn't just John Schneider that uh, was questioned and 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 asked about his strategic moves, his decisions. Aaron Boone, in a different way, was asked about the decision pitching to Vladdy Jr. And uh, this is what Aaron Boone said when asked about it after the game. Aaron, what went into the decision to pitch to Guerrero with the first base open there at the end? Uh, out Kirk on deck. That was just the matchup you wanted? Uh, I mean, you don't really like either of those matchups. Um, so it's, you know pick your poison you know and and with uh, I'll add Bichette to that mix you know we, we talked a little bit about there if once we got Springer do we put him on to try and set up some kind of ground ball um, uh, once we got that you know with two outs there you know obviously you're going to pitch careful but with Kirk behind him it's it's pick your poison man I'll tell you what if I'm Alejandro Kirk's agent I'm capturing that clip from Aaron Boone I'm going to put it away someplace and I'm going to trot it out the next time I talk to Ross Atkins. You think it worked? My, about my clients. My, oh, just a minute. What, let me see. Uh, September 26th, Ross. Uh, yeah, wait yeah. a minute. Aaron Boone. What He'd did he say, say? Oh, he pitched to Vladdy because Alejandro was on deck. <laughs> Give me some yeah, money. Good luck. Good luck with that. <laughs> th- it's that easy? <laughs> pretty, much, pretty much is that easy. But, I mean, look, that – I mean, Kevin, that's, that's praise, man. And that – that's – Again, I just I can't think about that. Think about what this means. Think about what com- – compare this to the start of the regular season. It, if I told you at the start of the regular season that, that the fear of Alejandro Kirk was going to force Aaron it, Boone to throw to Vladdy Jr., come on. This, gets, this just gets back to George Springer playing center field, how important that is. That 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 allows Absolutely. you to catch Danny Jansen and DH Absolutely. that big that big boy hitting in the cleanup spot. It just it, their team's better. Like it's just that means Chapman's not hitting cleanup or Teoscar. Teoscar may have found a little sweet spot down there. Like you know he's sort of lost down there, and forgotten, and all of a sudden he's hitting the phone booth. You know you look hey. the phone booth is all the little parts are short and quick. They're not real long. They're not out and around. Like he's balanced. He got a big finish. I don't know, look how they start. Look how they finish. I mean, look right now. No, no, be afraid. To his last to seven games. His last seven games. Teoscar Hernandez is hitting three fifty-seven, ten for twenty-eight, five doubles, two homers, six RBI. That works out to an OPS of eleven fifty. Can never go wrong if you look right down the middle. Don't overthink it, Jeff. I thought that look, ball was gone, man. I'm watching Teoscar. I hold did his too. Back. I thought that ball was gone. Everybody. I mean, you hit a ball that far, they should almost just give it to you, don't you think? Yeah, I would think so. 
I mean, I, I would. 3-2, the Blue Jays draw first blood in this three-game series against the New York You're giving York away Yankees. money and grand slams. <laughs> <laughs> the Jays won 3-2, and Alejandro Kirk just became a multimillionaire thanks to Aaron Boone. Uh, 3-2, the Blue Jays beat the Yankees the first of three. We'll do it again tomorrow night. 7:07 is the first pitch. Ben and Arden will have the call of the game for you on Sportsnet 590. The fan, Mr. Barker, and myself will be back tomorrow night. We will also be on Blair and Barker from 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590. The fan of Sportsnet 360 tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack. Meat snacks. Feed your wild side baseball fans.